0: Welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona.
1: And I'm Stephanie. And this is the podcast where we play superhero-themed role-playing games and then talk about them.
0: Yes, and we are headed into year two of the podcast.
1: And Steph, I got these cool laurel leaves. Check these out. They're beautiful. Either one of us has become the Cumaean Sybil or we are up for an award. Which is it?
0: We are an official selection at the Minnesota web fest which is happening this October this is a cool honor we're among some amazing actual play podcasts if you go to mnwebfest.com you can see all of the podcasts and actual plays and films and web series and all of the stuff that's that's going to be part of the festival but uh we're just we're just pleased we're just excited to be uh to be included among the list it is
1: such an honor
0: but We are here to play and eventually talk about superhero role-playing games. Steph, what are we playing this run?
1: We are playing a game called Marvelous. It is written by S. Donnelly. That's an S with a period. And Hannah Rogers. And it is inspired by and sort of directly credits the game Masks, which we have played on the show recently, and the system called Belonging Outside Belonging, as exemplified in the game Dream Askew.
0: Yes, so this is no dice, no masters. I'm actually, I'm not GMing this. Uh, I've got my own character, and I can't wait for y'all to meet him. And the mechanisms of Belonging Outside Belonging games are very few <laughs> I would say uh, it goes by it's sort of you know inspired by powered by the apocalypse and sort of this concept of strong moves, mixed success, and failures, but rather than having those be governed by dice they 're governed by a token economy, and this is very informal basically if you do something that sets you back, that's a weak move, and some of these are particular to the playbooks, you know, wield your powers with devastating consequences kind of stuff, you'll get a token as a, an exchange for the way that you have caused much trouble for yourself. You can then subsequently spend those tokens to do strong moves later on, which are much more of sort of that pure success. And so with this little economy, you kind of get the natural rhythm and beats of dramatic storytelling.
1: Elements of the setting that with a GM would be handled by the GM are split up among the players so that each player gets a setting element, such as fellow teens or the extraordinary or authority, and is primarily responsible for that.
0: So you'll hear as we're figuring out what a characters do. Sometimes players will chime in with, oh, well, this is what the setting does. And as Steph said, it's a way of distributing those GM responsibilities amongst everyone at the table. Mm-hmm. Well, we have two tremendous guests from the world of comic book superhero podcasting. And oh, we had, a, we had a dang lot of fun playing this game. We
1: had so much fun. We had so much fun.
0: So unless there's any objections, let's go to the tape.
1: All right, let's get into it. Team Up Moves, year two. Stephanie, how you doing? I am excited for so many reasons to do this recording. I am practically, I am vibrating a little bit. We all vibrate a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, we do. We do that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it's like been a drought, right? We took the month off. I'm like, I want to play pretend with some friends, Steph. I want to do it. Yes. Well, we've got an excellent game for that. We've got some excellent guests for that. Let me tell you about the first one. She is a podcaster, a voice actress. She's on Actual Plays. She's the co-host of the Whelmed Young Justice podcast, Emily Buzo, welcome to Team Up Moves.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. This is very exciting. Let me tell you, actually, you are one of the first people that I actually heard play Masks. Really? That series with Brendan Conway and the Young Justice thing. Yeah, when I was first getting into these RPGs, uh, that was a a great actual play.
2: So the the first time you heard someone play Masks was the first time I played Masks, (laughs) which is a wild (laughs) way to be the first time you play Masks.
0: You sold it. It was great.
2: It's with the creator of the game. (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> no doubt.
1: Steph, we've got someone else. Who is it? We really do. And I've been waiting and, and hoping and just wanting all the stars to align to get him on the podcast for so long. And now it's happening. Jay Editin. he owns two button presses, a T-shirt and other gear online store for queer people who prefer muted or monochromatic rather than bright rainbow colors. He works in human rights and decarceration stuff, which is pretty cool. He has written and is still writing for Marvel Comics. He did the Captain America Infinity comic a few years ago, which I loved, and the Cyclops Historical One-Shot, which I loved even more, and is doing a story for the Marvel Voices X-Men comic that is coming out this fall. And many, many of you know him. As the co-host of Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men, the long-running monarch of X podcasts that hatched a thousand eggs, including me. (laughs) I was part of that the first couple of years of that podcast and then noticed just how much difference Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men has been making for so many people around the world And, and just having had Jay's voice in my ears for years, I am... Just vibrating at a heretofore unknown frequency to have him right here on Team Up Moves.
3: Thank you so much. I am so pleased to be here, and I feel like I should qualify for listeners beforehand that I am. I am doing a lot of this with a baby attached to me, and so if you hear you know sudden noises that don't seem to make sense in context of the game, or if you hear a fan in the background because again, baby environmental controls and settings. Um, They're not very good at internal temperature regulation. That's what's going on. So you can can pretty much just blame everything on the baby.
1: (laughs) We should clarify that it is the baby and all babies who aren't good at internal temperature regulations. Fans are pretty good at it.
0: Fans are good at internal airflow regulation.
1: I don't know how good they are with temperature regulation. Good point. Good point.
0: All right. Well, we are playing Marvelous today, and we talked a little bit about the mechanisms in the intro. Um, But we all have characters, which is a fun experience for me. And so for starters, let's just kind of go around and talk about your playbook briefly and kind of like what your character's sort of deal is. Emily, why don't we start with you?
2: Okay. Well, I am playing the Tempest playbook, which basically means I am playing a character who is very powerful and very unstable. (laughs) Mm-hmm. They're they're going through it. They are trying to get a handle on their powers. And my particular character, I am playing Beatrice O'Neill, who is a 16-year-old witch, uh, uh, who goes by Trixie, uh, probably goes by several other nicknames because when you have a name that long, you end up with some. And she is the latest in a long line of O'Neill witches. Her mother and grandmother run a small local witch shop in New Arcadia that caters to all of the magical folk in the city that need a place to find things, as well as non-magical people who just need the things that they sell for their own spiritual or personal practices. (laughs) Trixie's magic uh, manifested a couple of years ago, but she is still getting a handle on things. It can get pretty overwhelming and can be still pretty unpredictable, which is why she is often frustrated by it, because... She knew this was coming. She should be better at it. Uh <laughs> oh. mm. her family assures her that this is totally fine. It's totally normal. This is how things go. And you know, sixteen-year-old simply does not believe that and <laughs> will not take that as an answer. But one of her main thing uh as a result of her witchcraft is that While her mother is good at plants and growing things, and her grandmother is good at protection charms and shields and finding lost things, Trixie is good at ghosts. And that's a lot when you're a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Trixie just deals with ghosts. Sometimes they find her, sometimes she finds them, sometimes they ask for help, and sometimes they offer it. And it should be cool, and someday when she is older and knows what she's doing, it will be very cool. But right now, it's just a lot to take in sometimes. But as a result of being good with ghosts, she does have a cat ghost familiar named Boo.
0: Oh my goodness, my heart. Who
2: just showed up one day and has simply refused to leave. Uh, So she just has that, follows her around. Trixie is... A little bit 90s witch, a little bit whimsy goth, a little bit hex girls from Scooby-Doo, a little bit Nico from the Runaways revival, a little bit three goth girl cartoon characters in a trench coat. Uh, So she is living her life as a teen witch and trying her best.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Jay, who
3: have you brought? I have brought Alex North. Alex is a villain and he sucks at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and, and, and at most things. Um, so I, I really like the idea of playing. You see a lot of heroes who don't really have powers, but sort of have the scrappily I've pulled together skills, you know, to match or have powers that don't really overlap with what they do. You don't see many villains with that. So that's sort of the direction mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to go. To that end, I went very slightly off the playbook. So Alex was very, very young when he realized that he could understand animals to an extent. He can connect with them empathetically. He can tell what they're feeling. They can tell what he's feeling. There is no more detailed communication than that happening, which creates a state of kind of perpetual anxiety in, say, predator-prey situations. Oh, no. He can communicate in more detail with animals once they're dead, Ooh, which revelation okay. came a little bit later. And again, sets up sets itself up for some kind of an inherent conflicts. To that end, he's not much of a people person. He is very much an animal person, and the the direction that he finally went or figured out was was, um, the right direction to go was sort of hardline animal liberation. So Alex is essentially taking a gap year right now, having been kicked out of college after an unspecified incident involving a large number of mountain goats and an even larger amount of property damage. Mm. He is working at the aquarium, trying to get his shit together as a villain, basically doing Uh, doing crimes that revolve largely around exotic pet stores and and dealers, while casing the aquarium where he's currently working in the gift shop to the general consternation of (laughs) everyone. He does not have a familiar per se, but because of his powers and uh, a lot of patience, he's managed to befriend the Corvids and most of the neighborhood that he frequents. Um, which gives him a pretty powerful set of associates when he needs ones with at least fairly specific skills, including reasonable attitudes toward larceny.
0: Amazing.
1: Reasonable attitudes toward larceny. Reasonable
3: attitudes toward larceny.
1: Quervets are generally
3: pro-larceny, or thing Exactly. Well, the, yeah. the villain perspective. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. They're pro-larceny. They're not against some you know, light to mid-level assault. It's a thing.
1: Uh, Stephanie. You have someone? Who is she? I do. Uh, I am bringing to the table and to New Arcadia today Amphitrite. And her real name is Talia Muse, but she doesn't use it much. Amphitrite is not only her superhero name, but her pop star name. And she is the idol. And her backstory is that her powers, which are connected to the sea and water and to her voice, emerged kind of in middle school. And she likes attention and her. Parents were not against her getting attention, and she very quickly became a kind of commercially packaged tween pop star. And longtime listeners will remember that there is an indie music scene as well as, you know, an orchestra in New Arcadia. Amphitrite might like to be part of that, but she has not been. She rocketed to the top of the People's Choice Awards teens buying merchandise, tweens really buying merchandise charts. And it was all her kind of green and blue wave design. And, you know, that's fun. And it provides financial security and attention and even a chance to fight villains on stage, but doesn't give you a lot of control over your life. And she would like to have a different kind of career with, you know, a little bit more control over what people want from her and what she does. But she does like Attention and she has water, weather, rain, water powers, and she has music and sound related powers, including maybe she can make people do things they hadn't considered doing if she sings at them. But it's not entirely clear whether her siren song powers include any kind of emotion control or mind control. Maybe. We will find out.
0: I mean, maybe it's just just a sick track, you know, sometimes that makes you do things.
1: Or or maybe it's the corporate structure that built around her by the time she was 14. She's 16 now. Excellent.
0: All right. Well, uh, I've got I've got a lad. It's uh, Brethren Beecham and he does not have powers. He is the anchor playbook, and this is something I was excited about uh, to kind of see in this game. Uh, He's an unpowered pal. He's, He's just around, but he has been kind of drawn into the youth superhero community because he knows how to make clothes. He does constructing costumes for the theater. He's modified his own clothes to fit him and also to add more pockets. He's he's a cargo short aficionado. And, you know, sometimes like, what about cargo shirts? What about cargo scarves? You know, you can really go all out with this. But his his classmates uh, who are trying to start some superheroing on the sly will sometimes come to him and ask for help for their first costume. So he kind of knows. He's very discreet about it, but he sort of knows in uh, around New Arcadia which kids are heroing on the sly, or or perhaps even villaining on the sly. His other skills are having a car. He's got a, a part-time job. Uh, he has to go out to the sheep farm on weekends. And, um, you know, actually, New Arcadia's the state of New Arcadia, uh, public transportation has just gone steadily downhill uh, over the first uh, year of this show. So kind of having a car around can be a little bit of a good backstop. So with that we can start playing this game. The way that Belonging Outside Belonging games kind of tend to work is we start in this phase that is a little bit branded as idle dreaming. This is stepping out of our characters a little bit, kind of looking at them, being curious about each other's characters and what sort of scenes we might want to see among them. And one of the ways that the game helps sort of prompt this and sort of prime this is that we all have questions on our playbooks to ask to the player on our left. And I think we can kind of go clockwise. I, I don't know how actually the Zoom uh, shows up for everyone else, but you know. I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that chaos is, is going to be that extra spark then that uh, powers the first part of this game. So does anyone have a question on their playbook that's... Uh, It feels a little spicy that they want to ask either the person clockwise from them or or anywhere on the table. And we can start uh, kind of moving from there and seeing what we like. And then if we feel like, hey, there should be a scene, we will frame it.
1: I can also call on someone. I, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I am going to ask Emily, which is to say I'm going to ask Trixie. The whole you're a player, but you're also running the game thing's a bit new to me. Like I haven't played a Belonging Outside Belonging game before. I've just been listening to podcasts of them to like get the workings and and absorbing it. So, Trixie. What did you think of me before you met me?
2: Hmm. I think that before meeting you, I thought you were just very disconnected from reality. It was very this glittering pop star mermaid is just Living her life out there. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, not even (laughs) in a not in a mean way. She wasn't a hater. She does she did not have the time and energy to be like, oh, that thing. But just kind of was like, ah yes, that is not my scene. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. kind of avoid like you said that uh she was very popular with like tweens. I feel like Trixie was maybe like just a little bit old enough to be like. Ah, that, that silly thing for
1: 12-year-olds, uh, yep. but wasn't going to yep. be
2: mean about it. Just kind of thought, eh, that's that's not for me. We were,
1: we were 14 at the time. Yes. And it was for 12-year-olds.
2: Yeah, obviously. So
1: different. Such a big difference.
2: <laughs> the breakdown of media at that age of some things are for 12-year-olds, some things are for 13-year-olds, and some things are for 14-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all different. So yeah, just... Probably assumed that you were as silly and disconnected as your image appeared to be to her, and has since learned that that's not true. Uh, But at the time, very much was like, ah, yeah, that. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I love that you learned it's not true. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me.
0: Well, do we do we know that you've learned that? Is I think part of it. So I, I'm curious, like, how did you how did you meet? Right, because I, I think of Trixie, and, like, you're focused on like you've got this legacy and like way too much powers, and then there's this like whatever other glitter person. <laughs> so kind trite of. so you know um
2: i get followed by ghosts on a daily basis and this girl's out here being a glitter mermaid on stage <laughs> for an audience full of 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. okay that's a different experience of being a teenager
1: i mean some of the ghosts could be my fans i don't i don't want to dig into the
0: information on that one i'm gonna i'm gonna veil on that what? but
1: uh, okay I. i don't anyway okay
2: yeah i get that that implies some oh, oh, child I didn't even death see, kind of thing I, that I know, honestly wouldn't didn't be even, great but i
1: didn't even see that coming i'm sorry it's
2: okay no you're all good i i also was like i think she just means that like somebody from 1930s is like have you heard the new record
1: <laughs> no that's that's what i mean that's what i mean like this check out this songwriting because my songs are written by people who i don't even know how old they are but they're very much adult professional songwriters until recently so there's all these Gershwin chord changes that I don't even understand, but I've learned to sing them. And like if, if you live to be 80 and then you, you know, passed away in Hollywood or or you know, the Brill Building and you're a professional songwriter, you're like,
3: ah. I'm also imagining the grandma vibes, she seems cute. Why aren't you friends with her?
1: You could wear that dress. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my I think God. that's right. Yes. I think that's right. This is
0: amazing. Just like all of these ghosts who are who are fans and just like completely annoying you, Trixie, about this. Yeah.
1: I think they want you to go to a concert, and they want you to meet me, and uh, you know, because they've been going, and it's not like they're this group of grandmas in the corner freaking out the twelve year olds because you're the only one who can see them, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like. I do like that idea. I like that idea because Trixie is occasionally kind of given ghost quests kind of thing Mm -hmm. of ghosts being like this is the only thing that's going to help me and being like okay off we go to do the ridiculous thing got it
1: and what what if the ghost quest was go to my show and take up a tote bag yes
3: yes how often do the quests turn out to just be things that the ghosts think it would be a good idea for you to do or trying to convince you to do versus things that they actually need
2: it's it's a pretty it's not an even split most of the time. It's Ghost being like, hey, I do actually need a thing. But, you know, sometimes Ghost is like, I'm 100 years older than you, and I have some wisdom to impart mm-hmm. on a very special issue of, of this witch comic. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I can definitely see that. I just have this image in my head of Trixie going to one of your concerts that I can see in my head of having a very, a very specific color palette and a very specific energy and Trixie is just all black witch, very much standing out of like of various eleven to thirteen year olds being very confused by this girl just standing there, like who is she and why is she here?
1: And would I be aware of of your magical vibes because they do have this connection to the sea?
2: Yeah, I think you could maybe maybe sense it. To so I, like, I don't know, maybe there's just kind of a. Of uh, being able to kind of clock someone with with powers a little bit, of especially since I stand out in this crowd.
0: <laughs> you were like, well, how 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 big are the shows that you're playing, Amphitrite? That's
2: a good question. How much do I stand out?
1: <laughs> so so these are shows like they wouldn't we're not quite talking Boston Garden, Madison Square Garden, but pretty big. That first album hit. I think we're talking about like a. 2000 person space we're talking about like kind of house of blues if that if that helps um
3: you mentioned you're trying to break into the indie scene are you playing any smaller venues or even secret shows based around that where you sort of go off label
1: i am now i am now and in fact the the first one is coming up the 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 first album, the big like glossy hit thing. We're talking two or three thousand people shows, and um, you know at least a regional tour, and that's where I would have encountered Trixie. And I am trying to get indie shows. I'm trying to get club shows, but of course the clubs have to be all ages, or they don't really want me. And and there's actually there's a there's an adult hero called Toon who is has been around forever and is a a mildly successful indie rocker, although she's better at superheroing, and I would like to play the kind of places that she plays. Um, I don't know if that's happening or if it's something I could try.
0: So I want to bring this back though. I, I'm really curious though about how you met, because <laughs> these shows seem too big. Like there are gonna be other superpowered people around. I don't yeah. think you can just like clock. You know, uh, it's hard enough to see from this stage, let alone someone who's an all-black. I, I,
1: I, I, I have this, unless Emily has this. No, go ahead. The way that I met Trixie was that the ghosts told Trixie to go to the show. And I noticed the magical vibes because one of the ghosts, I think one of the ghosts was a sea explorer, like a Jacques Cousteau kind of figure. And during the concert, it turned out that there was a superhero emergency coming up. There was something wrong in the harbor that involved a sea monster, connections to the spirit world. And I knew that this was too much for me to take on by myself, especially since I'd just been singing for an hour and a half. So on your way out of the venue, I just Wait, like... Can I? can I interject? Yes, yes, yes. Let's... Yeah.
0: I, I don't know. Oh, maybe there's a superhero <laughs> thing later. Look, you're performing down by the shore, middle of the concert. Sea monster. Oh, that's better.
1: That's much better. <laughs> there's a sea. Mo- this is a banshell show. This is a banshell show, and there's a sea monster that just shows up. And I was not able to fight the sea monster who wanted to be friends with me in a way that might involve eating me. Because
0: let's get, do. We, do we want to do this as a scene here?
1: Can we pause it as a scene and do some more? introductions for Alex and and Brevin, and then come back to it.
0: Well, I mean, so this isn't a game where like everyone is necessarily in every scene and also if there are ways that your characters are also there, that is totally legit. You know, I mean, honestly I think that like Alex, I don't know how your like empathy goes as far as monsters, but they may still be animals. So if they're more
3: animal than definitely if they're more human than no. Okay. I was gonna say, given its relative prominence in the city, maybe you're playing the Aquarium amphitheater, in which case
0: I'm probably stuck working March. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right, this is good. Yeah. I am I'm gonna pick up the setting element then of the extraordinary, because I think that sort of fits for what this sea monster is. And um no one has grabbed this before, so I'm just gonna quickly pick two desires. Ooh, I like. Oh my gosh! Uh, Revelations, classic, and I think downfall. Ooh, yours or the cities,
3: or how how broad is downfall as a desire?
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of a kind of a general like wanting to. I think the revelations come from like there's going to be a downfall, but we want to tell you about it first because that is much more splashy. But I, I think this manifests in kind of general attacks on on the mundane. So, all right, it's it's the it's the giant outdoor concert space at the um, suspiciously opulent aquarium. What is the name of the song you're in the middle of? Mm, I think
1: that is a song called "From the Tide."
0: Okay, that's a good that's a good. Uh, Irony only then?
1: some, only some of my songs have actual mermaid theme titles, but this is one of the one of the hits that does. It's like the slow number. It's like the slow, angsty number. Like if there are any Avril Lavigne like people out there listening, it's like the "I'm with You" of that album.
0: Okay, so oh, so it's like a little like like a slow dancey kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's got many feelings.
0: Okay, so I think then, like as the feelings are happening, we just get um sort of tentacles waving up from behind the half shell. And like, it's actually sort of in time of the music. And so the crowd, the crowd is going nuts because this feels like, oh, wow. Like the special effects, they're pulling out all of the stops. And so it's, you know, crack and Tentacles, you know, kind of your classic. Mm -hmm. And then, so I think as the song ends, they just come, start slamming down on the half shell the crowd starts screaming. Oh no. We are now in superhero situation. Alex is at the merch table in the back. <laughs> Actually, Trixie, you're probably getting tote bags at this at this point. Like, this is a good song to get tote bags during because it's quiet enough, yeah. you know, that you can <laughs> yep. sort of have that transaction. Yeah. Hey, to you're on stage. What do you pals do? And remember, we start this game with No tokens. So if you want to do those strong moves, you're going to have to do some weak ones. Mm -hmm.
1: So I think I'm going to put optics above results, which is one of my weak moves. Mm -hmm. And I am going to try to evade the tentacles. Uh, I don't really want to get grabbed because I don't know what's coming after me. But the show must go on and I'm going to get to the end of the song and, you know, people are discovering their love for their best friend or making new best friends just with their eyes during the song. And that's what's important to me also, just people liking the concert. So I'm going to move around the stage as slowly as possible while understanding I might need to use my water powers and keep on singing.
0: All right. So you're so the optics that you're pushing here are like everything's fine. We're still doing (laughs) a concert. Yeah. And the results that are not happening is that this Kraken is still smashing stuff.
1: Yeah. But the Kraken has come through behind me, like literally from the tides, right? So they're not like it's gonna be at least a few minutes before any human who I'm aware of is in mortal danger. At least ninety seconds, one fifty seconds, you know. I can definitely get to the end of this song. No problem.
0: I think you're optimistic
1: about the timing. But
0: then again, you're 16. I'm
1: always optimistic. It's a character flaw.
0: What's going on with Trixie? That's a good question. (laughs) I was so intent on
2: listening to what was happening and trying to get a picture of this. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So Trixie's buying tote bags for ghosts, something Mm -hmm. that is normal, but only to her. (laughs) Um, And as this happened, Trixie kind of had that moment of like, all, this whole crowd is like, oh, cool special effects. And Trixie's like, no, no, that's not what's happening here. Like immediately had a sense of this is going to go very poorly. And then things went poorly and is, I think, going to try to jump into action and is going to do one of her her regular moves actually right now that is uh, barrel through any physical obstacles and is running in the opposite direction of a crowd like to get to this stage to help um probably with the help of the ghosts that are surrounding her kind of trying to lifting her over the crowd or pushing the crowd aside by a seemingly unseen force as she is Mm. just making her way to this stage as chaos is ensuing
0: I, I kind of want to sort of bring back just like the the idea of the uh, the old ocean explorer uh, ghost who's like like losing his shit with excitement. <laughs> like, <this laughs> <Yes>. is... <laughs> Should we name him? Uh, yeah, sure.
2: Bernard last name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bernard Lemaire. We're just gonna. Be oh, there. that's good. That's good. <laughs> I want to know what's happening at the merch stand. Personally, I'm useless in a fight, so I'm gonna. I don't actually
3: have the secret identity, but I'm gonna accidentally reveal my powers. And ask Trixie if she needs someone to watch her cat. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Right now?
2: Amazing. Trixie, who is about who is about to just drop some tote bags and run, is stopped by you. I'd be like, your cat. <laughs> and Trixie is so thrown off by this because nobody ever asks about her cat. And just kind of looks at you, and goes, She's fine. She's helpful. There will be questions later. Uh <laughs> runs little floating cat that is just kind of following along
0: with her so typically do people not see the cat is is that i think
2: like most people don't see most of trixie's ghosts i think some people see boo the cat like her family can see boo uh like magically inclined people tend to see Mm. boo who is like not a not a restless spirit, she's just here.
3: Like Actually, I I'm, I'm not gonna after I watch the cat, I'm gonna start scolding her
1: for bringing a cat for bringing a cat not on a lead. <laughs> it's even better. <laughs> can can I see Boo?
2: I think that's up to you. Do you think you can see Boo?
1: Yeah, I think I think I can.
0: One thing actually, while we're on the subject of, of dead animals, you mentioned, Jay, that Alex can communicate with animals once they're dead. Mm-hmm. What what is the means of that? Like, do you see their ghosts? Is it more an augury thing? Like, what is what is it?
3: Fundamentally, functions like empathy powers as in voices and head, but is more direct conversation. Okay. Sometimes he remembers to keep his half of the conversation silent. Sometimes he is standing in the street talking to a dead raccoon.
0: <laughs> so do you interact with the dead, uh, like go the ghosts much? Or is it more you're at kind of at the carcass level? Um, I mean, it's more
3: at the carcass level, but theoretically I could converse with ghost
0: animals. As long as they're
3: dead. Okay. An animal who was, was ghostly because they had only ever existed in the spirit form, would I wouldn't be able to.
0: Okay. I think the speaker stands are down at this point. A flustered Trixie is making her way with ghost help up to this stage. Amphitrite, you have tried to do show go on to be like, no, this is all fine. But like, left side of the crowd can't hear you. A screams, B no speakers. It's It's a one-two punch of acoustics. What's going on now?
1: I am really divided. Part of me wonders whether this was engineered by my managers so I could use my superpowers to save everyone. Oh. Because that's maybe the kind of thing they would do.
0: That's spicy and amazing.
1: And I want everyone to like me, and I don't want people to get hurt. So. I am going to, I'm going to make another weak move. I'm going to damage my public image by getting to the end of this song. And I'm going to try to use my water powers to freeze or chill the part of the kraken that's still in the water behind me. I'm just going to put my hands behind me. And there's going to be like mists from... Other parts of the water getting hot because conservation of energy as the water that I'm stilling becomes cold and slows down the Kraken to make the Kraken either go to sleep or, but, and, and what, and while I'm doing that, I've still got my headset on and I am going to say in a way that goes over the PA, what is, what is a good name for a possibly unscrupulous manager? Um Salzance. How about Zachary? Okay. That's just too trustworthy a name. I can't do that. <laughs> Shout out to Zachary's. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just I trust too many Zachary's to do that. I think a manager goes by Mouse for historical reasons. And I'm like the fourth major pop act who Mouse has managed. And I'm just gonna say, Mouse, if you did this, I I Mouse, this was a mistake. And appear flustered and make clear that I'm not in control of this. And even if it works perfectly, the keeping people safe part of what I'm doing is going to be behind the bandshell in the cold ocean and no one's going to see it. They're just going to see me get flustered and upset on stage while steam rises around me.
0: All right, so damaging your public image, uh, this feels like a job for the media. What's What sort of happens now? So it's like, in quick summary, you tried to keep going while things were attacked. Once things happened, you didn't appear to be helping and were instead like shouting and blaming people. Yeah. What's the follow up from that? Jay, as the media right now.
3: Well, there is... Definitely. There's there's a, a cadre of bloggers, very and, and, and some like, low-key music media, very, very attached to the idea of Amphitrite as an, a constructed pop idol. Mm-hmm. Like someone who's really just a performance, who doesn't write her own songs, who probably lip syncs half the time, who obviously doesn't really have those powers. I mean, you can tell their effects. <laughs> <laughs> and man, they're all over this. Like this is a stunt, and it's putting her fa- this this is another stunt in that image, and it's putting her fans at risk. and it is time to pull back the curtains on what's really going on. They will demand to know the truth with a very, very specific idea of what that truth has to be, and absolutely unwilling to accept any other version of it.
0: i, I I'm excited for future fallout of that, but there's still a crack in. Luckily, we have a dangerously powerful person running towards the uh, the stage.
2: Who is panicking and trying to think of anything that she can actually do? Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, and has zero tokens, so this is going to be great.
2: <laughs> so I think, I think I might be doing a weak move. I think Trixie gets to the stage with her s- small group of ghosts following behind her and sees. How do I pronounce your character's name, Stephanie? Again, Amphitrite. Amphitrite. Okay.
1: People mispronounce it all the time. It's like an issue, but it's Amphitrite.
2: I think Trixie gets to the stage, struggles her way up onto the stage, helped by ghosts, uh, and sees you, sees Amphitrite, getting flustered and confused and not knowing what to do, and you kind of staring at this kraken and trying to figure it out, and just in a panic is going to start being like, what are you doing? What is happening? How 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 the hell did this happen? And just starts kind of going off at you as the closest person here, <laughs> who... In her mind, as the only person on this stage, is like, you should be in some control, right? You should know what you're doing, right? Uh, <laughs> and so that is ha- have a shouting match instead of a conversation.
1: <laughs> I, I know I know what I I know what I would do here. Go for it. So what Amphitrite is gonna do, and this is one more weak move. I'm going to look at you and I can, you can see that I see that you have powers. You can see from the way that I interact with you that you're not just like a fan who's jumped on stage. And I don't want you to use your powers to keep everyone safe if I can do it myself. So I'm going to say, I've got this. I've got this. This is an amphitrite concert. Don't you trust me?
2: And- Trixie is going to look you dead in the eye while her eyes have started glowing because she is getting stressed and the magic is magicking. uh, So her eyes are glowing like a very bright blue and there's kind of an energy that you can see gathering around her and she looks you in the eye and goes, I don't even know you. (laughs) And then she lifts her hand out and like, energy just shoots out of her arm at this kraken. Whether or not she hits it is uh another question cuz she's not looking. She's getting very stressed and is panicking. And so that's that's oh. her. She'll eventually know you. Someday we'll be friends. <laughs> right now we're <laughs> stressed.
0: <laughs> well, you unleash the powers. Like yeah. you got you got three options on this one.
2: Yeah. So I don't think this is fully uncontrolled. I think she is trying to keep things in check, but I think the fact that she is getting stressed, getting overwhelmed, that she is in the middle of of a place where people are just screaming and running and a kraken is krakening. And this other girl doesn't seem to be doing much uh, from her perspective. Not that it's true, just from her perspective. It's going to be uh, wield your powers, but with devastating side effects, which is a regular move. So I think some of the Equipment starts just kind of shorting out, and stuff is not structurally stable as uh Trixie is just like shoots off a magic energy blast at this thing, and it may or may not destroy several things also here
3: There's salt water on the stage at this point definitely that's that's highly relevant with the equipment shorting out
2: yeah, that'd be a problem, wouldn't it? <laughs> Oops, I picked the character who's a chaos
1: <laughs> yeah, Trixie. How effective are you at turning back the, the Kraken? Like, is it is it working? Or are we still, like, under attack from this giant tentacle monster who wants to make friends with me?
2: I think I have maybe stunned it. I have bought us some time, but it is not... I, I have not destroyed nor sent it away yet. Uh, I have bought us some time. It has pulled back. It has recoiled a bit, but it is not gone.
0: So those devastating side effects... Stuff started shorting out. I think we're, part of this is probably on a pier. Um, Yeah. That may be cracking here. How are we going to, here's my question on and sort of getting to the end of this scene. Yes. Is this something that like the teens pull through or are adult heroes coming in at this moment and solving
2: this? It's a very good question.
0: I've got a potential twist to this.
3: Go for it. Please. I'm going to use a regular move which is wield your power with powers with unintended side effects. I'm going to try to get a vibe, so since I am in a separate area from the concert way in the back, I have finally figured out that this is not like one person acting erratically and concert sounds yeah, <laughs> that there is something going on and I'm going to try to get a vibe from the local wildlife, which unintentionally includes the Kraken so i I need to know what what the Kraken's main like emotional motivation is here. The Kraken
1: is a fan with bad judgment and wants... Okay, I'm not
3: not that level of detail.
1: Oh, sorry. the The Kraken just wants me not to eat me. Okay, so the Kraken just wants. Yeah, the Kraken just wants, yeah.
3: Yeah. So the local sea life, water, wildlife is generally just panicking because giant apex predator has just appeared. And also because it was the middle of a large stadium rock concert outside where which nobody likes. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: But I'm not ex- I still don't know that the Kraken's there because I'm still in the other room. So my main and overwhelming emotional response to this is going to be confusion. Okay. And my power goes both ways. Oh, okay. Oh. So unintended side effect is that the Kraken
0: kind of loses direction. <laughs> All right. With no apparent cause. So I think then... So sort of, of kraken, you know, you got tentacles. Number one, moa, I think is is sort of your number two kraken um, physical attribute. It's it starts, you know, it's, it's sort of like trying to suck everything up, and you know, it it wants it wants song, it wants this stuff, but like is sort of leaning back and and almost just like making a a whirlpool in the in the harbor. So it's less now attacking the concert and more just like pulling in some of the ships that are docked there and um, probably some of the fish adding to the confusion. Lovely feedback loop on this. Tentacles just like like waving in the air at this point. So perhaps a respite for the crowd that is scattering, but still there.
1: Can I make a regular move? Sure. So... At this point, I would be aware of what's going on in the water system. And however this concert is going to end, I don't want it to be with dozens of people on the seafloor among splinters, especially since I know I'll be blamed for that. And I just don't like where this is going anyway. So I think this is a regular move, which is take action, leaving yourself vulnerable. The the clamshell behind me has been split open, right? Like the Kraken split open? Yeah. I'm going to take off my headset and dive into the water to try and still the whirlpool, try and, and just use my water powers to do what I can to prevent people and boats in the water from being smashed up by the Kraken, which I have just gotten a lot closer to. So- I am not thinking of myself anymore. I am thinking of my public image and I'm thinking of trying to help people and I just I would at this point I would just rather be seen as as the pop star who went out saving her fans and also I kind of hate myself. Somehow I attracted this monster and did this to everyone. So I'm I'm in the water and I'm near a giant sea monster and I'm using all of my water powers to just try to calm the waves.
2: Help? <laughs> I think seeing you do this and kind of seeing how this is getting very out of hand as if it wasn't already, Trixie is going to try to focus, and I think this is go this is going to go well for her powers. This is going to go slightly less well because I am using the regular move for it. scare someone whether you meant to or not, <laughs> okay so anyone looking at Trixie would see Trixie kind of take a breath, close her eyes, and then slowly start floating and then glowing as she does. And what she is trying to do is bind the Kraken in place. She is, you see her kind of moving her hands, very Age of Ultron Scarlet Witch, uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is, it's cool. Doing the kind of like power focusing thing. But Trixie's powers focusing is not always pretty magical girl at this point in her life. It is, she's kind of surrounded by a a, a small horde of ghosts that are circling around her as she glows somewhat threateningly in an all-black outfit, lifting five to ten feet off the ground. And that's not necessarily a comforting, welcoming image as she attempts to hold this kraken in place so that it stops flailing and biting and causing problems so that you can do something. So who do you scare? It's a good question. I'm, I'm scared. You're scared? Sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll go with that. You see me doing this, this person who has run up onto your stage out of nowhere, who shouted at you, blew up a speaker, and is now <laughs> floating in the air, surrounded by ghosts, looking vaguely terrifying.
1: I know what I'm going to do next, but I want to know where Brethon is in, in all this.
0: He's probably on the sheep farm.
1: Okay. <laughs> We'll get him later.
2: There is a hard cutaway to breath and just petting a sheep. (laughs) Yeah. Having a good day.
0: Doing some combing, you know. There's
2: an explosion way in the background of the (laughs) shot, like way over the horizon.
0: He's he's scrolling TikTok on his phone and seeing like the live updates and like the uh, amphitrite truther TikToks that are happening. He's like, oh, glad, glad I'm out here and not down at the aquarium today.
1: So this is this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I think it's a weak move. I am, I'm building up tokens for later. <laughs> it might be a regular move, but I think it's a weak move. I see that the Kraken has been immobilized by this scary energy girl. It's like floating and ghosty and, and spooky. And I don't know what's going to happen next, but I don't feel safe yet. I'm I'm in the water near this tentacle thing and i'm already feeling like i just have to do something to to redeem myself in the eyes of anyone watching if that's even possible and also i'm i'm scared and i need to i need to get this kraken handled so i'm going to use my other superpower which is siren song and i am going to use my siren song to give the kraken directions that it has to follow and the directions are go home. Go home and chill out and find another hobby because you can't be here. Go home to the seafloor. And that has two consequences that are not great. One is the Kraken's already been immobilized. So the Kraken's trying to go home, but ends up just getting kind of scraped and there's kind of gross stuff in the har- on, on the harbor because it's hard for the Kraken to go home. The other, which is more important to me is that I am trying to get a creature that has the sort of dog level intelligence, a tremendous interest in my music and weighs about two metric tons. This thing's the size of an airplane to listen to me and do what I say. And I have thrown my voice out. I have destroyed my vocal cords, at least for now. I've got my first indie gig coming up in a couple of weeks to debut my new songs, I wrote myself in front of 50 people, but I can't right now. I don't know what I'm going to do because in trying to keep everybody safe and drive the Kraken home, I have completely sung my voice out. Okay. Is that a devastating enough consequence? Oh. I feel devastated.
0: Well, I suppose you feel devastated, yeah bank in those tokens yeah
1: the one mechanic in the entire game i want to use it <laughs>
0: there's two sides to it i know you get them and then you spend them. i feel like this has gone long enough that that like i think that the adults are here but they don't need
1: to be here i already saved the city you've zero percent saved the city <laughs> i think i've saved the city
0: really like even in this moment where the kraken is not moving and you can't talk you
1: think you've saved the city the kraken went home i think oh no the kraken didn't even go home.
0: It's stuck there. It's bound. All right. Oh no. I I think we could, we could probably keep this. This this seems like a job for the calm. Who is she's got she's got a lot of wind control powers. She comes in. Maybe there are some other heroes as well. And surrounding this kraken in just like a sheer wall of like vortex of water and. Other heroes are, like, escorting folks away. You get, like, water spouted out, I think, amphitrite, Yeah. And so I think let's actually conclude this scene with you maybe, like, coughing on the beach. Yeah. Trixie, you got things pretty far, but I don't think you get any credit for that because when the heroes come in, they just see chaos and devastation. So your scary help was probably unnoticed.
2: And when the, when the adults showed up and started also acting on things and getting things contained, Trixie's powers kind of gave out a little bit. Yeah. And she just fell back to the stage. Like, there was no, like, graceful, no graceful landing, no slowly coming down from glowing. No, just drop. Was caught by ghosts and collapsed on the ground.
0: But the question is, is this the start of a beautiful friendship?
1: I want it to be.
2: Two bedraggled teenagers who have attempted to save the, attempted to save the city and only kind of succeeded.
0: I'm here for it. Right, let's 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 play out the end of this scene then. Let's do a little dialogue and then, and then maybe move on. So I think Trixie is probably up to you to approach. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I I see you uh, collapsed on the ground on the beach, uh, and she has yeah gotten up and makes her way over to you. And would probably help you up from the ground if you let her.
1: I would absolutely
2: let her. Just uh, Sorry about yelling at you. That kind of all was very stressful. Um, Sorry about that. And sorry that you got attacked by a kraken in the middle of your show.
1: And the first thing I'm going to say is, I don't think we can do the encore. And then I'm going to shake my head. And water is going to fly everywhere, including out of my ear and I'm going to spit out a little bit more water and say, you're, hi, you're magic. Yeah. Thank you. I think.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, and Trixie realizing, like, can hear that you have fully blown out your voice and is like, do you want to, do you want like a, 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 tonic for that? Like my, my mom's really good at plants.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> plants like hidden mics because i can't do that right now
2: oh no no you oh, like poor <laughs> like, sweet mermaid child uh and trixie's gonna like slowly try to lead you away from this chaos and is like no like i'm magic and my my mom's magic and my grandma and they're we can help, uh, mm. sorry about all that. are you sure do you have to be anywhere tonight? and it's like just <laughs> <laughs> asking questions and leading you <laughs>
1: away, yeah, and I'm just gonna let you lead me away, and you can see that I am looking around and behind me to see if there are either paparazzi or like manager types or in fact, like my parents and but I've been washed up on the shore in another part of the city, and like no one knows. No one knows where I am right now, which is a tremendous relief. And I'm going to be back to wanting everyone to look at me and love me in about 45 minutes. But right now, this feels great.
0: Awesome. Well, I love the amount of fallout that has come out of that. <laughs>
2: everything's everything's on fire.
1: No, everything's wet. Everything's salty and and soaked.
0: <laughs> so the question is sort of like, where we go? Where we go next? Uh, what other characters kind of come in and do stuff? I was wondering, Jay, do you have any questions on your sheet that you want to answer?
1: Hmm. All right. Um, I'll ask Amphitrite, what have I done to you that was unforgivable? Oh, after the Kraken incident where I, you know, met and got to be friends with Trixie, I reached out to you as one of the few aquarium people who I like know who's not, you know, paid specifically to manage me. And I asked you to support me on social media, to just say that, you know, you knew me and it wasn't my fault and you still liked me and I wasn't out of control or out for revenge or, you know, an illusion gone wrong or a hologram. And you did nothing. You were just too busy doing stuff. Is nothing unforgivable? I'm not even on Twitter, man. I mean, it could be worse. You could be like, you could have posted something negative on social media. That would be worse. Is that what you did?
3: I think I would have basically said, "Yeah, no, that's that's a you problem."
0: All right. So, so I think we definitely still are in a situation here where uh, Amphitrite's reputation is, I believe, currently ruined. <laughs> hmm. And yeah, Alex just unforgivably is not helping. Had you two like met before, or was this Amphitrite just like going down the list of like? People she's met at the aquarium.
3: Did amphitrite try to go to
0: high school locally? Um,
1: yes, she tried.
3: It is possible that she was peripherally aware of Alex as someone who was a few years older than her and is trying to to leverage that 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 pseudo connection.
1: Yeah, I I knew Alex before before he graduated and then when i ran into him like he's working at the aquarium when i was like setting up for a show there i was like oh oh hi and i sort of assumed that people will like me and remember me but alex barely remembered me i didn't at all ever hopeful i i tried i behave like you were already friends with me and hope that it would come true.
3: It's, it's, it's reasonably possible that, that you got that impression because I, I wouldn't have been like, yeah, I don't know you. I'd have been like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And sort of attempted, to, attempted to, to humor you as uninvolvedly as possible.
1: Honestly, everyone attempts to humor me and I'm starting to notice it.
0: I've got, I've got a question for Alex. What small lie did you tell me
3: recently? Something had killed one of your sheep and you found one of the carcasses and asked me if I could look into what was causing it and whether it was something you would have to deal with. I like that. The sheep didn't know what had killed it. Okay. So, so I didn't know what killed it. You don't know that. I said, probably a local predator. Yeah, just check your fences.
0: Okay. Because
3: I was in a hurry to get somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> was I driving you somewhere? No, not unless you had a dead sheep in, the, in, like in, in,
0: the, in your car.
3: Oh right, right, okay. Which is possible, but seems unlikely.
0: I guess you would have had to come out to the farm then, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Does your farm have field trips? Do high school students regularly visit the farm to like see how farming works?
0: Yeah, I think that could work, right? I mean, I, it's certainly
1: like we
3: have some degree of history involving the farm and sort of my perpetual consternation with the fact that the sheep are entirely satisfied there. <laughs> yeah, and and complicated relationships with with domestication. So our are, are are on like awkwardly, I don't know if quite friendly, but like amicable acquaintanceship terms.
0: Mm -hmm. Do I make any of your, like, do you have a villainy outfit or anything like that? You've probably talked me into one. Okay. I love this. For me, it was
3: before it was probably jeans, a t-shirt and a ski mask. (laughs) And... The aesthetic I went with are combat boots, punk, and feathers on the basis that if all my friends are crows, I've probably got a lot of them that end up just sort of sitting around or in the area. So okay, you were probably the person who noticed that and was like, we could
1: do something with that. Okay, sure. Can we get more description on the outfit? I want to be able to visualize.
0: I actually kind of like that, that maybe this was a, this was an exchange kind of thing of like, hey, if you... If you come check out the sheep, or like it sort of regularly will help me check out the sheep, mm-hmm. I'll make this costume. And so I think maybe driving back from the sheep farm and like I, you know, I can I can take you over to to my folks' place. Like I've got it mostly done. I worked in some of those shiny trinkets around the collar. And I was thinking just like feathers coming out of the shoulders. Cause like that's that's kind of cool, right? That's like a silhouette. I know people like silhouettes. Um, but just like as many pockets as you need, uh, you know, a belt, utility belt with pockets.
3: Oh my God. So many pockets, never enough pockets.
0: See, that's what I say. You know, like if you don't mind me asking, like, what do you, what do you need in the pockets? Just so I can like, you know, get them right. Like the sizing and that sort of thing. Everything. If you've got something that's like
3: an easy hold for, oh God, let's see. It might be simpler if I just bring everything over.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We can swing by yours and, and, and then, uh, yeah, we'll do that. All right. So let's cut to, like, like the work table. What do you lay out as, like, your tools of villainy? What you've got is a crowbar that is a small and kind of bust. Every,
3: everything is small, kind of busted, bust, busted bust and scavenged. Okay. A really nice set of lockpicks, Bolt cutters, very heavy. I, I think the one thing I've specified that I absolutely have to have are, are very heavy elbow-length leather gloves because exotic animal handling. Right. It's basically burglary tools. Mm-hmm. I love that. Basically burglary tools and a little bit in the way of hostage taking gear. But again, very, very improvised because usually if I'm breaking into somewhere and leaving someone as a, as a, an object lesson, um, they've got plenty of enclosures I can, I can just lock them into. Okay. So, you know, materials for that.
0: So what is our, like, are you, are you, do you have any sort of like plausible deniability around the villainy or, are like we open about kind of your role in the city? Again, I'm really bad at this. Okay. Like, you are one of very few humans with
3: whom I have more than, like, superficial conversations. Aww. So whether whether or not I have plausible deniability in general life, if you're at all observant, you've probably worked it out from context already.
0: I think I probably think of you as maybe a little harmless, right? Like, it's like maybe you're doing villainy, but I kind of realize you're not great at it. So, like... Who are you really hurting?
3: Yeah, I think you probably think that I'm a little more hapless and harmless than I actually am. Okay. Like, because I would, I would fairly, I would fairly cheerfully for, I I probably wouldn't bother killing someone unless it seemed very necessary and they were doing repeated harms, but I would very happily leave someone to be eaten or savaged by, you know, by animals. I would, Okay. I don't think you realize how little value I place on human life.
0: Yeah. If if I'm just kind of getting your like, oh, I'm messing up some uh, exotic pet shops kind of stuff
3: yeah i i am i'm liberating the animals who are interested in being liberated i'll check in on your sheep periodically the only answers you're probably going to get in terms of their moods are slightly confused horny and amicable because as far <laughs> as i know those are like sheep moods sheep moods That that that, that this is player knowledge limits not character knowledge limits <laughs> but yeah like in in context specifically of our exchanges I'm, I'm, I probably come across as, as a pretty harmless animal liberation punk with some powers related to it. Okay, cool. Which at this point I largely am, but that's largely a matter of
0: accident. (laughs) Well, speaking of accident, so I want to do a weak move. I want to find my skills wanting. I feel like, you know, I see all of the stuff you want in these pockets and I'm like, yes, we can make this happen. This is going to be great. And I feel like I work and I construct uh, like a belt for this, but it's, I think the workmanship is good, but the design is bad. In other words, like trying to take out some of these will knock other stuff out on the floor. It'll make noise. So it's not like the, the crowbar will just like fall, Mm. but it's like in order to get to the crowbar, you have to undo the zip ties. You have to go past the wind chimes. Exactly. Right. It's so it ends up, I think it probably like looks fine, but then if you ever try to put this in practice, you're going to realize how poorly I thought this through. So there's there's your villain suit. Can the city itself make a move? Sure, yeah.
1: Can the city itself make a move that both Alex and Brathen would view as as a threat? The city wants to expand, and the city wants to provide housing and jobs and the things that cities want for everyone. And it's getting a little crowded. And everyone knows that you don't just let developers build roads everywhere and put single-family homes with giant lawns everywhere. And and that just, we don't want that. So we're going to try, the city, New Arcadia, the city council is going to try to put some transit-oriented development with a new commuter rail station that's gonna go in and they're gonna break ground really soon with some buildings and a mall and multifamily housing right next to the sheep farm right there.
3: what's the local ecosystem like other than the sheep for instance are there species whose whose you know, nesting sites are going to be disturbed etc species or endangered species species in general oh well, of course um I'm gonna sabotage a shit lot of construction equipment is what I'm gonna do okay what's that like sure Alex has spent. Enough time working within, well, not the system, but systems, to have a fairly good working knowledge of sabotage tactics. Hmm. Can make rudimentary explosives, but also knows that it's how to wreck an engine using household equipment. None of those things are particularly hard, and all of those things are pretty much common knowledge without even developing much of a suspicious internet search history.
1: Adult heroes are going to hate this.
3: He also knows that... Big stuff in the city because of the power level the city functions at. Mm-hmm. This stuff is pretty easy to sneak below visibility, at least the first time.
1: What does it look like? Is there? Is it like it's opening day? There's a, a groundbreaking, and then like there's sugar in the gas tank.
3: It's opening day. It's brand- groundbreaking. There's sugar in the gas tanks. There are the, what's what's just the, there are the sabotage is is specifically destructive. The equipment there is functionally lost or will take prohibitively expensive repairs and. Alex is still working on any kind of actual super identity. He doesn't really have a name, but he leaves a couple crow feathers, just sort of as a a personal signature, which generally get overlooked because there are a couple feathers on a fairly large site. Doesn't sign it, realizes a few days later that in retrospect it would probably have made sense to send some kind of press release or some kind of warning giving context, but that the main message, which was don't do the construction, probably got
0: across. I like the idea of, of breath in finding the crow feathers. And like, I think he was probably excited about this. First of all, this was a train station and trans people like trains. (laughs) Number two, I I think, you know, just like that, this was an easier way of getting to work. And like his aunt was excited about maybe some of the tourism. I I think he's probably going to confront Alex. I, I think he's got the crow feathers. And Probably finds you at the gift shop, actually, Okay, because that's why he knows you're there. He says, you know, I the crows that we have out at the sheep farm, they don't look like this. These look like some of the stuff I recently sewed into someone's shirt. Yes, someone found them. Oh, I thought it was too subtle. So this was you. So you're admitting this? It is too subtle, though, though. You wouldn't have recognized them if you hadn't made it. Damn it. I think you're getting the wrong impression out of this. This was bad. like. Yeah, that's why we had to stop it. It's bad. Do you know? No, I was counting on the trains. I feel like we're not on the same page about this, Alex. I mean... Did you think you were doing something good? I think the local colonies of Wrens
3: and coyotes would probably agree you know your your convenience if if, if you're gonna if you're gonna argue convenience over habitat yeah this isn't a
0: conversation i think i'm just gonna take the weak move and not know what to say and i think just sort of leave them there and walk out
1: does the city itself have the city itself is unlikely to find out that alex did this alex isn't going to be pursued or in trouble or is he
0: That's kind of up to the city. Yeah, I'm not going to call any authorities on Alex on this, but like, dude. I am going to pull a
3: regular move the next time we're in the same place. Okay. And I am going to make a rare actual outreach attempt to explain myself to another human being. And I'm basically going to take you outside of the sheep farm, and I'm going to walk you through all of the local habitats and what's there and what's nesting right now. And this is where there are cubs and this is how far out this, this is a species that wouldn't have been here, but is, is, has been driven this far out by development so far. And I have no idea what these little fuckers are called, but there's like 200 of them and
0: (laughs) loud noise freaks them out and they don't lay eggs. I feel like we'll probably need to do something to where I'd be willing to like trust and go out with you. So maybe we'll have to figure out what that is. Uh. And that's it for this week. Come back next week to find out how Infitrity gets her voice back, the perils of live streaming from a magic shop, and see if Alex and Brethen can mend their quirky friendship. This run, we've been playing Marvelous by S. Donnelly and Hannah Rogers. You can find it on S. Donnelly's itch page, sdonnelly.itch.io slash Marvelous. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2023. We love to chat if you can find us. We're Team Up Moves on Twitter and Team Up Moves at Dice.Camp on Mastodon. You can also visit our webpage, TeamUpMoves.com, to see all of our past episodes and cast bios, as well as subscribe to our newsletter, which we send out about once a month in between runs. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. If you'd like to help out the show, get the word out there. Leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Drop a link on Discord, mention us on Reddit, or whatever social media folks are flocking to these days. Crazy, so Take care, folks